Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, it is, I echo what uh, Christy uh, just said. Um, it's good to have everybody here in person. You know, it's good to uh, congregate with the people of God in uh, corporate worship of him. Um, and I just uh, thank God that his presence here is with us. Amen. And his presence is here to save. His presence is here to heal, to deliver, to set free. Amen. And so let us see the goodness of God uh, uh, manifested in us and through us. Because um, the goodness of God is here in our midst. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, join me in prayer briefly. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for how you've ministered to our hearts. Father, you've already ministered hope and life uh, to us, Father God, through the worship songs, Father God, the lyrics of those songs, Father God. There are powerful prayers and declarations and, and, and statements of truth uh, out of your word. That, that, that we can place our faith in, <laughs> Father God, because that is scriptural truth. And uh, you've already ministered to us, Father God, as, as we've been exhorted, Father, by uh, uh, Emily and Brittany, Father. So, so, Father, let those exhortations take root in our hearts and to continue to, continue to uh, bless us and bear fruit uh, in our lives. May we give ear to them and take heed to them uh, to observe what you're saying to us. And Father, speak to us in your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, as you guys are aware, we've been on the posture of discipleship uh, for a few weeks now, and that continues to be our theme. And I'll, re I'll repeat the theme scriptures, although I won't expound on them this time. Amen. <laughs> uh, but I'll repeat them every week because they bear repeating and repeat repetition of that truth. You know, we need to continue to hear. How can they believe lest they hear, you know, and I want you to begin to to grab a hold of these these theme scriptures. And I want you to commit them to memory, commit them into your heart and let that truth take root and resonate in you. Uh, Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 we're talking about the posture of discipleship. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous or wicked or hurtful, depending on your translation, any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, we want you to stir it up. We want you to uproot all that stuff that we may not be aware of. Reveal it to us. And then show us the way forward. Uh, in Second Chronicles, the second theme verse is Second Chronicles seven, verses twelve through fourteen. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, "I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Now, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land." This one might hit home. Or send pestilence among my people. If my people, say if my people. You know, we're, we're not talking about local state or, 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 or federal government. We're not, we're, we're not putting 
we're, we're not looking for others to do anything. God directly to his people. When all this stuff happens, when, when everything is turned up, when the world is turned upside down, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, everybody say then, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen? So we have a part to play. If God's people will humble ourselves, if we'll pray, if we'll seek his face, if we'll let him do a corrective and sanctifying work in us, if we will turn from our wicked ways, then it doesn't matter what anybody else does. He will hear from heaven. He will forgive us and he will heal our land. Father, we thank you for that. And we, and we, we, we put our trust in you and our faith in that, Father. And so, so we turn the lens. I would encourage you, let's turn the lens inwardly as the people of God. You know, uh, a time out for taking the word of God and, and, and using it as a lens to, 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 to judge or complain about others. All right. Let's look into the law of liberty. Let's look into the word of God and, and, and let us conform to it. Because second Chronicles tells us that if we would get it together, if we would let God correct us, then there is nothing that will stop God from forgiving and healing our land. Amen. And so I'm not worried about what the devil is doing. I'm not even worried about what nefarious individuals in the world are doing because it doesn't matter because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen? There's no name greater under heaven given. There's no greater name than Jesus. All right, so let's move on. So now we're going to, those are the theme scriptures and I want you to star them, highlight them, underline them, whatever you can do. To just keep those because we're going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep repeating those as our theme scriptures uh, as long as the Lord has me on this topic. But we're continuing on the posture of discipleship and as a subtitle today is simply all that I have commanded you. So we're talking to the people of God today. So much is going on. Uh, we have to maintain perspective. And by perspective, I mean kingdom perspective. Because there are so many forces trying to pull us one way or the other. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 read, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now this scripture, he doesn't tell us to go and, 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 re, and, and uh, win pew warmers. He doesn't tell us to go and win, you know, just Christians or or. Or people that are just going to go to heaven. No, 
he wants disciples, right? And he says, here's what you should teach them. Not, not do as I say, not as I do, but teach them to observe all that I have commanded who? You. So we're to teach the things that we're walking in, right? We are to teach those things that we've allowed our hearts and our minds and, and our wills to be conformed and subjected to, right? So, but this is not just whether or not we're doing sin physically commission of sins and so forth. It's not just about adultery and, and fornication. It's not just about whether you get drunken with wine and excess and so forth. It's also about the heart. It's also about the attitude, whether we're subjecting our attitudes and emotions to what is true and real in the word of God. It's also about the way we think. All right? So he's, he's to put his word the truth in our minds and in our hearts, all right? He wants us to be motivated out of a heart transformed and sanctified by God and compelled to action, okay? It's not just compliance on the outside. He doesn't want us to be praising and worshiping him on the outside, but our hearts to be hard and cold on the inside. So he wants us to teach them. When we win them to the Lord, he wants us to teach them. Not just to learn, not just to memorize, but to observe. <laughs> All right? All that I have commanded you. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, let, let's go into what he's commanded. Of course, we can't get into everything. This, uh, this sermon will be too long and y'all would quit on me. So, Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. New Testament scriptures add mind in there. You know, when you talk about all your soul. Now, what does that mean? Now, he wants us to love him with all of our emotions. All of our feelings. Even when we are angry, even when we are offended. Are you hearing me? Not some, not part, not most, but all. Which means we have a responsibility before God, don't we? Okay, so when we are offended, what do we do with that? Are we going to choose to obey God Jesus said that this is the greatest commandment. All of the law and the prophets are under this. This covers it all. At the bottom line of it is love God and love others. Right? If you want to sum up what God is telling us in his word, love him with everything you have, with everything you are. Love him with all your heart. There are some people that are going to make, that are going to tick you off. And you're going to be just flat out tempted to give them a piece of your mind. You might want to give them a piece of your boot. Sometimes we think that somebody just needs a swift kick in the butt. Right? And that's what we want, we want to give them. We want to administer justice. But what does 
the thing, the thing that we need to ask ourselves, but what is it that we should do that would demonstrate loving God? What would we, what, what, what action, what thought, what emotions would demonstrate that I am loving God with all of my heart? with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. It doesn't mean, now, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not naive. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be in this place. I never do anything but love God in everything that I do. We are going to get rocked. We are going to be, there are going to be times when we're not being very loving towards God. We're not obeying God in this. It's okay. God can help us there if we will take that wounding, if we'll take that pain, if we'll take that offense, and we will just surrender it to him and say, God, I'm struggling here. All right? I, I don't like this person right now, but I know that you've called me to love that person. I want to obey you. I want to do something. I, I want my thoughts toward that person to be in, in, to be in compliance with loving you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, at the at the crux of it all, of our of our attitudes, our behaviors, and so forth. At the crux of it all, though, is it's all rooted in the, our relationship with God. Everything should flow from that. If me and me and a brother get sideways with one another and and when we're in conflict, we both have a choice. Are we going to ignore the relationship that we have with God and decide to adopt our own individual standards of what of what's going to be just in this situation? Or are we both going to bow the knee to God and say, you know what, brother, <laughs> you know. Uh, you and I, we both love Jesus. We are, we're, we're offended at each other right now. We're angry at each other, but we both have relationship with God. And out of our, both of us, out of our love for God, it's incumbent upon us to demonstrate that love for him by working toward reconciliation and peace and unity. Amen? And we have to get to the point where we're remembering that. There, my wife and I, our relationship is not just me and her. It's me, her, and God. God joined us together, right? And so, and y'all know what we call, we, 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 we don't have fights. You know, we call them intense moments of fellowship, right? And so, <laughs> all right, and so when we have those intense moments of fellowship, all right, what are we going to do? Who are we going no, what, what, what is going to be required of us in order for us to bring things into alignment with God? Well, we're going to have to remember who our God is. We're going to have to remember that relationship. And if we maintain that relationship, all right, if we're in accordance, if our heart is right before him, if we're loving him, we can't help but love one another. All right, I'm going to move on. But we're, we're, we're talking about teaching them all that I, to observe all that I have commanded you. You know what? That Deuteronomy 6.5, that's a command. You shall. It doesn't say, you know, I think it might be a good idea if you would love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, mind. So, no, you shall do that. You know, that that's not something that we can just decide on. No, that's something we're committed to doing. That's something that we're committed to. All right. Um, let's go on. Micah chapter 6, starting at the 6th verse. I'll read uh, uh, several verses here, 6 to 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? It's like, what? With what shall I come before him and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give him my firstborn for my transgression? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He's talking about showering elaborate praise, elaborate sacrifice to the Lord. He said, shall I do all of those things? And what did it say? No, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? We're talking about all that he has commanded you, us. He's commanded us to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I have some long passages here, so I'm going to I'm going to uh, move on, and I'll touch on some things that. address some of what's in Micah here, but uh, go to 1 Corinthians 13, and many of y'all recognize this as the love chapter. How many of you know we've been commanded to love one another? We've been commanded to love others. And here's how seriously Paul takes that. He says, I'll start at verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. With someone, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Now, I do want to say something real quick. Love is patient and kind. So... You know, the don't ever pay for pray for patience crowd. If you're gonna love, you, you, you better you better go ahead and cross that barrier and, and and embrace the pray for patience thing. All right, you can't. You know, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be people that love, we're gonna have to be people that demonstrate patience. Amen. All right, let's not be afraid. Of, for, of praying for patience. 
Uh, let's embrace that because it's a critical part of the love of God, demonstrating and displaying the love of God. We need to be patient with people because you know what? We have a God that's been patient with us. Second Peter 3, 9 says that God is not slack. He's not slack, but he's patient toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but all should come into repentance. Okay? Our God is patient. He, you know, he's long, he's not slack, but he's long suffering toward us. And uh, us being patiently loving towards and kind towards people, that, that, that is a, um, uh, symbolizes the love of God. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And so I, I, I want to mention this too, because man, we get all animated and everything with all that's going on. Everything is politicized nowadays. Politicized, whatever. Every, everything is, you know, nowadays. And everything is so divisive. We're all divided. And we can easily get caught up in these different fights and everything. And next thing you know, instead of showing love, you know, instead of showing these characteristics of love, we, we, we slide into arrogance. We slide into rudeness. We become irritable. Resentful. Let that not be said about us. Amen? All right? We want to make sure that we are walking in love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. You know, it says here, as for prophecies, they'll pass away someday. As for tongues, they'll cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And God wants us to grow into maturity where we're able to love even in less than perfect circumstances, even when we're dealing with hard to love people, even we are when we are in situations that would make the average person lose their minds, we're able to still be examples unto the Lord and still show love and patience toward people. He says, and that shows maturity. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. All right? And so, you know, we know he finishes up faith, hope, love, abide in all these, but the greatest of these is love. So teaching them to observe all that he has commanded us. There's a theme developing here as far as love, loving him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Loving one another, being not being arrogant, rude, uh, uh, impatient with, but commanding us to love. Colossians 3, verse 12. I'm moving along quicker than normal. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to start at verse 12. And I'm harping on this, and I, I know it's a... a, a it may be a bit redundant and so forth, but there there's purpose in it, you know, because man, we've got stuff posted out there on the doors and so forth that some of you some of you may have heard that there's been a new ordinance passed. 
and that's requiring face masks at public settings and so forth. And you know, there are uh, pe people have, uh, there are passionate people on both sides of that issue and so forth, you know? But like any fight, you know, any fight, you know, our, our, our blood can run high, our emotions can run high, and we get in and we can be tempted to get into the flesh. And so I don't want to avoid that or tiptoe around that. I want to, I want to deal with that. All right. I just want to put it out there. What is, what is God saying to us? What is his word speaking to us? What does he require of us in this moment, in this time? Because our light is supposed to shine in the darkness. All right. There's supposed to be something different about us than what people see in others in this world. Right? There is a light. There is life in God's church that the world that's out there in darkness that can't see beyond the issues of the day need to see. So if God's people who are called by his name will humble ourselves, pray, seek his face and turn. Let's not, if we've been resentful, if we've been envious, if we've been judgmental, if we've been combative, if we've been disrespectful, if we've been all those things, then we're going to have to turn from those wicked ways because there is sin in attitude. There is sin in bad language and bad thoughts and, and, and talking down people and cutting them up. There is sin in that as well. And we're going to have to start taking these limbs out of our eyes so that we can see clearly on how to get the splinter out of others. Colossians 3 verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. See, we're chosen, holy and beloved. Here's what he wants us to put on. And you know what? I'm, I'm just calling New Covenant Fellowship out. This is what I'm expecting, and this, this is what I'm challenging and calling you to. Uh, others might not do this. So what? I'm not pastor of their church. But part of the DNA of this church, <laughs> all right, here, here, here is how we're going to do things because this is how God tells us to do it. Are you hearing me? Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. And put on, yes, there's that word again, patience. Bearing with one another. Put that on too. And if one has a complaint against another, put on forgiveness too. Forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must also forgive. No, that word must, uh, you know, that, 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 that isn't a suggestion, is it? As he has forgiven us, so we must also forgive. And above all things, put on what? Love. Let's see if the other half of the people are awake in here. Above all things, put on what? Love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
Amen? And if we'll do that, let's go on. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. There, there is a peace that you, that, that you can only get in Christ. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But I want to talk about that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, that, that's not just in memory. That's not just knowing what it says. It's not just reciting what it says. It has to dwell in you, which means it's been deposited into your moral warehouse. It's, 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 it's alive and living and residing in your heart. It, your, your actions and your thoughts and, and, and your motivations and everything spring forward from that truth that is rooted in your heart. So it's have to, it has to dwell in you, all right, so that you are walking in it, walking in accordance with it, walking in obedience with it. Amen? If it's dwelling in you, it's in the core of you. It's not just about the letter of the law, right? You know, this is hard. You know, when we make our vows to our spouses and so forth, you know, we're just not going up there and saying words. The, 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 the vows that we're saying to one another dwell in our hearts. That comes from a, a heart filled with love and a lifelong dedication and commitment to one another. I hope you're, I hope you're hearing that. And so that is the regard with, with, which, with which we should have toward the word. I cherish the word of God. My aim is not just to know what it says, but I want it to dwell in me richly. If you squeeze me, I want the word to come out. And it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know what I believe the Lord spoke to me years ago uh, as a young minister and so forth. When it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we end our prayers, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and so forth. You know, it's not, it's not just a phrase we end prayer with. When we say something or, or we do something as representatives of Christ, it ought to be in line with or in accordance with the character of Christ. The word of God. So, there's a reason why, you know, I can't just pray 
that God gives me somebody else's wife in Jesus' name. Why? Because that's not in Jesus' name. That's not in accordance with his character. That's not in accordance with his truth. That would be sin. Right? And so when he's saying every, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's telling us we need to conduct ourselves in a way always that honors the Lord. That is in accordance with what Jesus himself has said and what he would do. That would please and bless the heart of the Lord. Any attitudes, okay, any comments and words and attitudes and thoughts and actions that don't do that is sin. If my people will call by my name. Y'all know the rest. And I'm going to wind it down here. I'll just make reference. Um, You'll find this in Matthew 25, latter part of it. You don't have to go there. But it's the, uh, Jesus talks about the final judgment. And on his right side, yeah, my other right, on his right side, he says, there's the sheep. And on the left side, he says, there's the goats. And he's pleased with the sheep. He says that did the, that they did a lot of things unto him. And he says, enter into my presence. And he's like, hey, when I was sick, you visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And he goes on and on and on and on. And they said, Lord, when? When did we see you naked and clothed you? When did we see you hungry and fed you? You know, when did we see you in prison and visit you and so forth? When did we do all these things? He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And he judged the other ones. They said, he said, you didn't do all these things. And they were like, well, when didn't we do those things? They said, when you didn't do it to the least of these, you did it, you did not do it for me. And I want you to know that, that spoke to me. It's not a new passage to me. I mean, it's very familiar and so forth. But I believe we have to have a least of these mentality, all right, in the midst of what's going on around us. For example, I'll just say, for example, uh, I don't particularly like wearing a mask. That, that may shock some of you. Some of y'all may love it. I don't. But I know that it's not about me. Right? You know, at the bottom line, it's not about me. Um, I don't even belong to myself. I am bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as are all of you. And there are 
men, there are thousands and thousands of the least of these getting sick. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of the least of these, no, hundreds of thousands getting sick. Uh, now we're in the millions, I'm sorry. Millions getting sick, tens of thousands dying. The least of these. In light of that, thinking along those lines, I can wear a mask. I can social distance, right? I can cooperate with civil, state, federal authorities in an effort to try and get this thing reined in. And so we can cooperate. So when people see our witness, they have nothing to speak against us. They have nothing to speak against Christ, our Lord and Savior, because we're representing him how we ought to represent him. Imagine how it looks if despite people are being ill and people are dying and so forth, if, if we're fighting against something, who knows how much it helps, but something that might help some stay alive. Or stay healthy. And so, so, so we want to make sure that we realize that it's not about us. It is about our representation of Christ. We are ambassadors of his. Amen? And so, and so we've got to represent the one who has saved us. The one who has called us. The one whose name we are called after. We have to begin to walk in these things that he has commanded us, even the attitude commandments. Yes, those are a thing. So I just want to challenge you, NCF, to be mindful and to be considerate of and to be compassionate toward the least of these. Don't let the battles of the day cause our hearts to be hardened to where we're not even thinking about the least of these. Like I said, I don't wear a mask. I, I, oh, sorry. No uh, people out there listen. I do wear a mask because uh, uh, I have to, but not just because I have to. <laughs> uh, what was I? I misspoke, so now I got to get back on track as to what I was going to say, but. Uh, I wear uh, I wear a mask not just because I have to. I don't wear it because I have to. Um, I wear it because I'm mindful of others. And Scripture tells us that we ought to esteem others above ourselves. Right? And so... And so I'm just challenging us to do that. Let us remember in the midst of all this nonsense, let's, let's remember what really matters to God. We, we, we fight a lot of battles and a lot of squabbles that don't really matter in the grand scale of, of, of kingdom matters. But let us remember what matters to God. The least of these are getting sick and dying. Who knows how many of them are dying and going to hell. That is what God cares about. And that is what should be angering us. 
This pandemic is taking people, people who don't know the Lord, they're going to hell. What can we do? That should be our prayers. Focus. That should be our where our thoughts and our hearts and our compassion are driven towards. There are people that are going to face judgment. It's going to be too late for them because this pandemic was unexpected and took out so many of them. But you know what? I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we can, we can do something about that in Jesus name. Amen. So, so let's remember what really matters to God. And I just want to leave you with just some questions to ponder in light of all of this. What is the acceptable response? What does faith in God demand from us in light of all of this? In this moment in history, what what does he expect and demand of us? What is required of us? I'm not going to answer those questions for you. I go, I'll, I'll take it before God and let him speak to me. And I, I, There are a lot of voices out there, a lot of sources of information and disinformation, who knows what to believe and who to believe and so forth and so on. At some point, you got to turn that stuff off. And the thing that matters is in this situation in all that's surrounding us one thing we need to know one thing we need to pursue one thing we need to hunger for god what are you saying what are you doing now what are you doing father god and what is it you what is it that you're saying to us and what is it you would have me do Those are the things that matter. What is God saying? What is he doing? What does God want of me? What does he require of me? I guess to some small degree, I I just did what I said I wasn't going to do as far as uh, answering those questions. (laughs) But but I believe that's what we need to be doing. You know, um, I don't know the hearts and intents of everybody who shares information, whether it be social media or some other more uh, legitimate uh, news uh, channel or resource. All I know is the thing that really matters is what is God doing? What is God saying? And what does God want of us? And so we need to be mindful of our relationship with God and we need to hear him. If we hear him, all right, then we'll we'll navigate through this thing and we'll have impact that will last for generations. We'll have impact for the kingdom of God where people will begin to see our light and glorify our Father in heaven. And people's hearts will begin to cry out, man, I want what they have. What must I do to get this Jesus that you talk about? If we will walk in the light, People will see the light and respond to the light. Amen? And so, and so that's the challenge for us. So you need to consider what is the acceptable response for you. Whatever your challenge is, whatever your shortcoming is, whatever it is that you've not been walking 
in a obedience to the Lord. Uh, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to have you go there. But there is a passage of scripture where Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if you love me, you'll love others. If you love me, you will regard, have regard for the least of these. If you love me, all right, you will keep that attitude in check in Jesus' name. Amen? If you love me, you will forgive those who have offended you or hurt you. If you love me, you will esteem others above yourself. There's a lot of passages that tell us what's expected of us as far as uh, how we're to behave and conduct ourselves toward others. Now, I, I, I would challenge you to uh, do a deep dive and do a study into that. And uh, let's endeavor to bring ourselves in compliance with the will of God in that area. And let's choose to love God in the way we see, talk about, and treat others. I'm going to ask you to stand. Father God, we thank you for this, for this time. We thank you for your word. Father, I just pray that uh, though, the, though the vessel who uttered the words is imperfect, Father God, it does not change the fact that your word is the perfect law of liberty. And so, Father God, I just I pray that your word was planted into good soil today. And, and I, I trust it was. And uh, I pray that, that there is serious consideration, serious heed being taken um, to what was uh, preached here today. That we will seriously humble ourselves we will take what we heard to you and we will ask you, Father God, to speak to us. What are you saying to us, Father God? How are you moving and how can I move in accordance with you and in your will? What are you saying to me? What is it that you would have me do? And that our hearts will be soft and, and uh, submissive enough that we will obey what we hear God saying to us. So, Father, uh, I thank you that your people heard you today. And that your people, I'm just declaring that there will not just be mental assent given. There will not just be lip service given, Father God. But, but, but the word will be taken to heart and it will be acted on in faith and obedience to you. And that there will be much fruit born as a result to your glory. And so we just thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.